Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Yeah. The new, the new, uh, like, what, biopic? Queen, Queen biopic? Yes. Um, the Queen approved was... biopic. Queen approved? Yeah, they're oh. the ones who made the movie the way it was, because apparently they would like to keep Freddie's memory alive and uh, untarnished. Which I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree with that, too. Actually. Yeah. Um, well, before we start talking about that, I would just like to say that uh, behind me in my room, people are watching that movie Outlaw King. Um, my neighbors are. And I believe Chris Pine has a Scottish accent in it, so maybe it's worth a watch. Yeah. Is it on... It's on Netflix, right? It just came out on Netflix. I saw in an article that you get to see his penis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that's promising, right? It, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, if you hear anything, you know, I'm in Harlem now, so that's why. Okay. Yeah. And, uh... Also, I would just like to, I would like to say something quick. If there's any listeners out there who have been affected, like, uh, from the fires in Southern California or the recent shooting in Thousand Oaks, we like to just say we are grieving and sad for everyone involved. Um, and it was been, it's been a hard week for us, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was hard listening hearing about it yeah especially because because one of our one of our friends uh has people that they know that were there and it was really depressing yeah so we're just now i'm saying that we're thinking about you and that we are going to fight like we always do and it doesn't make any difference that's closer to us it just hurts a little bit more i think it it always hurts it always and hurts it just just the world hurts right now it's just yeah. a lot of hurting so it's been kind of a sad week but also it's been really really crazy for me especially i've been traveling like all over the place um and narrowly missing timothy chalamet every single time i go anywhere so that's kind of making oh, yeah. me depressed um you know, I just, I leave New York, he comes to New York City. I leave Los Angeles, he comes to Los Angeles. I leave Boston, he goes to Boston. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, 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 I don't, 
I don't know what you're going to do either. I, I don't know how I can go on. I, I really don't. <laughs> I, I, I guess you just, you really need to stay in places longer or I don't, I don't know because he's, he's, he's definitely purposely going where you're not. Yeah. He goes <laughs> right where I just was. And that just is so aggravating. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm so close every time to seeing him, so it's not good. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, Emily saw, like, five movies in the past week, and I've only gotten a chance to see Bohemian Rhapsody um, because I was gone. I know. So, I'm just, I'm going to try and, and p- p- like, Put it, pull it together right now because I've seen so many movies. My brain is just <laughs> sludge. Like I, I, I just came back. I lived at the mall today. She did watching two movies. I watched two movies today. I stayed at the mall. My first movie was at ten. I stayed, and then the next one was at three. I stayed there all day. I was there all day yeah. from from sun up to sundown. That is too long to be at the at the mall. Yeah, I got there when it was when the sun was barely out and it was cold, and then I I left I left in the dark. It was dark. It was oh nighttime. Oh my god! Uh, well, what I did you eat? I, I had I brought a because I knew I was gonna do some shopping because I've just been in that mood. When I'm sad, I like to shop. I'm, I, it's it's bad. I really need to, didn't need to work this out. But when I'm sad or I shop, so I didn't want to buy any food, so I brought. <laughs> So I brought a quest a quest cookie, uh-huh. uh, which was okay. I'm I'm not too happy with uh, with quest bars because they taste terrible. Um, but the cookie was pretty good. And then I bought an um, I bought like a drink while I was there, and then I had some corn nuts, <laughs> and uh huh, and that uh, that got me by. That got me by all day. Yeah, but pretty good. I mean, I'm kind of hungry now. I really need to eat something else, but uh, we're going to do this instead for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody uh, the other night, and I saw it at the IMAX theater that I saw First Man at. Um, so that was pretty cool to get to see that movie with the with the big screen and the loudness. And it was a pretty packed theater for this $25 ticket, so... It was a pretty what theater? It was pretty packed. Packed? Yeah. I think I I think I'd seen it like the Did I watch it the first weekend it was out or the second weekend? When did it come out? Uh, I think it came out like 2 weeks ago. I I, I don't know. You definitely saw it before me though. You saw it like yeah. last weekend, I, right? I, I saw it last weekend. Yeah. 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 So, so it's it's been a bit. Uh, but still you had a pretty good idea of a way to structure this podcast, which I I'm totally down for it. Yeah, so while watching the movie, um, and, and a bit towards the end, I kind of thought back to, like, while I was still watching the movie, like, it wasn't even done yet, and I was thinking back to the song, Bohemian Rhapsody, and, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody itself has a pretty big part in this, like, a pretty big section, a chunk of this movie, um, and I was kind of, like, thinking back to the lyrics, and I thought that the lyrics kind of sounded like the chronological story of how Queen kind of got together, but, you know, mostly about Freddie, but I thought it kind of... I, I felt the movie was, like, a great reincarnation of the song, almost. Like, I don't know. That, that's just what I was feeling, and I and I thought... 
why don't we just go through the lyrics of Bohemian Rhapsody right now and kind of like tie it back to the movie, you know, you know, delve in, decipher the lyrics like it like they say in the movie that songs are meant for the listener to decipher for themselves. It's like a poem that you're kind of just decoding and having a good time listening to. So I thought we could just do that. Wow, Emily, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, I guess all the lyrics, we're just going to go through it and, and how we feel about this movie will will be revealed. <laughs> we'll just we'll just have a final summation at the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got the lyrics up. So do I. <laughs> okay. So the first line is, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? So I guess I, I was I was trying to definitely trying to figure this out, but it's, it's been a week. I'm trying to. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I guess this could kind of okay if if we're tying it into the beginning of the movie, I guess we can maybe tie this into kind of how. Freddie is first thinking about things like you know what he's still living with his parents he's he doesn't really it doesn't seem like he has any friends but he goes out and listens to bands um like maybe he's he's questioning what he's doing he's mm-hmm. he wants something more than his life yes. as a uh, a jockey at the airport where people call him packy which is incredibly racist what what do they call him they call him packy like He's from Pakistan. Oh my goodness! But he's not from Pakistan. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, where I I literally know nothing about Freddie Mercury. So this was <laughs> this was eye opening. Oh, uh, <laughs> I only know that I love Queen and I love Queen songs. Yeah, so, so I know nothing. About I would the band. like to foreshadow that we don't know so much about his life, so we can't say what's true and what's not. We just know what this movie is has shown us, yeah. and. I mean, I've looked up some stuff about him and everything, and he was a really interesting man. Um, but just definitely, like, I know there's people out there who say this movie is not very accurate to really what happened or really who Freddie was. And I think that that's probably true, but what biopic is accurate to what who somebody was? Because, I mean, every movie is fiction in some way or another. So, you know... There's no way to accurately depict someone, and we're just going to talk about this movie as a, as a film, maybe, then versus what the actual thing that happened was, because he was a very um, personal person who didn't like to uh, display his private life. He's a very private person, so this is all we got. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 only have what the movie gave us, and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about that. So yeah, like so he he probably wants to his, escape his reality, which is like the second line caught in a landslide. Caught on a landslide, no escape from reality, right? Yeah, which what 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 profession was his father? Did they ever say? I don't know. Okay, because I I couldn't quite like it. It seemed. Like the the family kind of had an idea for him, but it was never really said, like what was expected of him. Cause it because they definitely felt like they expected something and weren't 
quite sure how they felt about the route he went. I, I'm not sure. That that was never really clear, but they, they definitely seemed to support him by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, open your eyes, look up to the skies, and see. So maybe that's his, so guess, like, coming to the band. Maybe, like, opening his eyes and um, taking in, taking that first step. Um, looking looking up or maybe looking forward to his future by by giving his pretty much his little mini audition to the band yeah <laughs> that he did out in the parking lot um maybe i uh i read somewhere that the actual lead singer of smile was still part of the band and was actually friends with freddie for some time before uh freddie joined the band so i think this was a uh, a dramatic uh, introduction to the band by Freddie for the oh, movie. Oh, so the lead so the lead singer didn't actually leave. He did, but only oh. after Freddie had joined, and they had like played together, and then he was like, "I'm gonna go now." <laughs> so what was what was Freddie before he became the lead singer? Was he just like a back a background singer or like a? I think so, or something like that. He was like just a little bit part of the band and then Freddie was clearly like supposed to be the lead singer and the guy was just like you know I want to pursue more jazz so he left all right yeah that's what all I right. that's what I read cool cool mm-hmm. and then we've got I'm just a poor boy I need no sympathy um because I'm easy come easy go Little high, little low. Hmm. So. And then the next line is, anyway, the wind blows doesn't really matter to me. To me. Yeah. So that's, that's like somebody who has given in to what fate has determined for them. And in the context of the song, that's somebody who has committed a, a murder. But in the, like, Maybe in the context of the movie, it could be that he's he's really putting all of his, like, panache into this band that he's joined, and he just, just does it like he doesn't even care what people think of him. So maybe that's how he goes with the flow. Yeah, and... And just judging by his personality, the the I need no sympathy. I mean, in in the beginning, you definitely see a lot of cockiness, um, mm-hmm. kind of thinking that he really doesn't need anyone but himself. So, like, I don't know, just just the I need no sympathy part. It's he seems like that from the beginning, but then, but then he kind of like expects it towards the end. Yeah. He definitely has, like, the way that the movie paints him is to be somebody who is a little lonely. Um, a little and, vulnerable. And very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. Yeah. vulnerable. Uh, if, that, if that was true, what happened with him and Paul, that just sounds terrible. That yeah. Paul guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just taking advantage of him and his fame, um, if, if that is true. Uh-huh. That, Which, I mean... That guy was bad. <laughs> he was 
a grade A ass. Yeah. Grade A. Which I mean, judging by the way that the movie portrayed Freddy's personality, I mean, I could definitely see that happening. Like, he's he's lonely, he's kind of got... He's got some, what is it, like, conflicting thoughts about things, and he just doesn't really know who to turn to. Yeah. Yeah. He's... It's kind of a sad portrait of somebody who really was such a bright figure, but the people around him didn't really understand him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like his family, queen, his, like, girlfriend. They all loved him, but they didn't really understand him, you know? Yeah, and I don't really think the movie helped in even the audience understanding him, which I guess could could definitely go towards the criticism against the movie, is kind of seeing a great figure and knowing that you're witnessing a great figure, but but not really knowing who this person is. Yeah, and I think Rami Malek did a really good job. Um, Amazing. I He just... You could see so much on his face every moment he was on screen, and he just, like... He's a he's a great actor. He really did a great job. Like you're inside his head as much as you possibly can be, um, through the eyes of Rami Malek. So, you know, a lot of the time he would show his emotion and his unsettled, like nature underneath this like strong persona. But when he really shined was on stage, and just the performances that he gave like the physicality of this performance is exceptional most definitely i mean it, he was he was so great that that it that I, I don't know his performance just kind of washed away the criticisms of like not really delving into freddy as a character but because like you would just he just acted the hell out of it and he did the best it with was, what he was given yeah. for sure yeah. Um, which I heard that the director, Brian Singer, left, like, most of the way through filming. He, really? Like, yeah, he, like, left the production. And they had to go on oh. without him, and he still put his name on it as the director. But if you notice that they didn't even advertise his name with it at all. Oh, wow. I wonder why... Why... Do we know why he left? Uh, I could try to look it up, but why don't you, uh, read the next one? I guess I'm trying to figure out this whole next paragraph here. <laughs> okay, thanks, I'll do that. Yeah, you do that. Uh, okay. So we've got... Mama just killed a man, put a gun against his head, pulled my trigger, now he's dead. So, I was kind of reading this as more of maybe... I mean, his mother seemed very supportive of whatever he wanted to do. I mean, they didn't, they re- they probably didn't know where this band was going. They, they probably were kind of concerned for their son, not really knowing what was going to happen. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's such a risky career to go into, uh, being, a, being a successful band. Um, but I, I kind of read this more from, like, 
the father's point of view almost like hmm. like just the fact that the his father seemed very distant and maybe not supportive of Freddy's decisions that he kind of forced uh what was his what was his name before he changed it to Freddie Mercury? But basically, oh, killing it was, uh, what was Freddie, Farouk. and so that he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, what killed him and made him become Freddie, because he mm-hmm. he's he seemed so different from his family. Oh, completely. very different. Just just you could tell that his family were like you know conservatives, like just just people who wanted their son a, to not a, be like Freddie. <laughs> Yeah, and kind of just wanted, like, that simple, simple, normal life. Yeah. Which was not what Freddie wanted. Um, And so I I kind of read this as more from from the father's point of view, like, kind of the father killing his son in a way, but but blooming into something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, Mama, life had just begun, but now I've gone and thrown it all away. Um, Hmm, That's interesting, Emily. Yeah. Uh, life had just begun, but now I've gone and thrown up. Hmm. I don't know. This could, this could maybe tie to him going off to do his, uh, his single album. His single disco album. Um, he threw away his family. Mm-hmm. Life, life, life was beginning. He had a family who supported him, but, you know, by that time, Paul, the grade-A douche, um, <laughs> yeah, had kind of pulled him away from his family, and he kind of he threw all that love and that trust away to to be with to be with to be with him, Paul, whatever, <laughs> Paul. Oh, he made me so angry. Okay, I have some uh, some information. Okay, okay. So I'm reading this this article. How many at bats do you get? Why Fox hired, then fired, Brian Singer on Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. It says, The troubled filmmaker's onset chaos, penchant for disappearing, and general bad behavior had concerned executives long before he was let go from the new Queen biopic. And it says mm. that he uh, he had been dealing with some very personal, difficult things, and uh, would just not come to... Sh- like, he would be late to set, and they couldn't start without him. I mean, it says that, like, uh, Tom Hollander, like, nearly, it says he was so upset with Singer that he quit the project briefly. Um, it says, tensions escalated into an onset altercation between Singer and his star, by all accounts, one of the nicest actors in the business. Um, Rami? Yeah, Rami. Like, apparently, like, he would just be, like, sitting in his chair waiting for Singer to come to set. He says... There was great tension caused by Singer's tardiness and absences. Malek, taking his seat in the makeup chair at 6.30 a.m., would find himself and other cast and crew waiting around for the director, whose work ethic fell short. So, it seems that he just wasn't being a very good director, even though he had a very... This article says he's extremely um, passionate about the project. He would fall short in actually, like, being present and showing up and I feel like there's something more than this like it says that maybe um he has a he has a sick mother um that he was like worried about and stuff but um it just seems like he he took up this 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 movie and he shouldn't have like it was just too much for him uh to 
to deal with at this time, and they ended up, like, firing him, like, two weeks before they, they uh, finished wrapping the shoot. So it's, it seems that, like, Fox was just so... Like, they, he, like, Singer really, really loved Freddie Mercury and everything, but that just, like, wasn't enough to make him finish this, this shoot, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the movie is kind of like a hodgepodge in itself. I mean, there's a lot of different things going on, and it's an extremely over-the-top, like, filmed and edited movie, so... Yeah, which which I I liked though. Yeah, I mean, I would say it, it worked with the the content. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like I feel like my main criticism of it really was that it kind of just skimmed the surface. Like it kind of just stepped along, did what it needed to do, added some flair here and there. Um, but if anything, I thought the performances were super great, and I thought that the love was there a lot of the time. Like, just, just lots of love. For Queen, for Freddie, I, I definitely got emotional, like, during, during some parts. Like, I cried, like, twice. I thought it was super, I, I just, I felt the love. I, th- I, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. Um... I th- I thought it was a good movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was awful. It it kind of gave me the um. It reminded me a lot of Rocky Horror Picture Show in a way. I'm hmm. I'm not I'm not sure why. Hmm. But like, it just had just had kind of like that that cult film charm almost. Just like it's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of. It's kind of flashy. It's kind of in your face. Like, it's it's really for a type of person. Like, yeah. it's... Yeah. I don't know. That, 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 that That's kind of the vibe that I was getting from it. Well, other people say that it does not delve deep enough into Freddy's uh, sexuality. And, you know, it doesn't really. But, yeah, it, like... It keeps it fairly vague for a while. It keeps it vague, and it keeps it vague and as if because it was kind of vague to everyone who was around him in the first place. So I feel like they kept it vague because they really didn't have hard facts or hard evidence for any of this this stuff, so they just kind of wanted it to feel like, you know, even though he was a gay icon, he never actually came out. And also I read this, like, I read this criticism that like the end of of the film after he he fires Paul the guy who had been like bringing all those guys around to him and in Munich, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that was a bad thing like he shouldn't have gone on his own. He shouldn't have have uh, had the all those men in his life like so loosely in a sense. That mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like the movie was punishing him with AIDS because of his wrong choices in that sense. And that it was mm-hmm. too late for him when 
you know, and he even like says it at one point, like it was too late, it's too late for me or something like that. And it's like, in a sense, like kind of punishing him for the things that he wanted to do. And it made it seem like it was out of his hands that this happened to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And in a sense, like that's the way it was for all the people who got AIDS. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting take on it. Yeah. And, like, it just wasn't really... I mean, it was... I don't know. No, they they kept it fairly vague towards the end. Like, did he... I mean, even though he he ended up with AIDS, like, did he... I mean, yeah, it... it, it bothered him but like but did it really like did i mean did he have any regrets did he it just kept it very like well he has it yeah and then he told his bandmates which is like an i thought that was a nice a nice scene yeah i like the scene where like he was he was telling mary um that he was by and then, and then she responded saying that he was gay. Like, yeah, so, that that was yeah, that's the time. So I, won- so I wonder if, I wonder if this conversation did happen because it's interesting to hear him say that he's bi, mm-hmm. which is, which is totally possible. Mm-hmm. And and he seemed like he really loved Mary. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then she, but then she responds back with, no, you're gay. Like, uh, yeah, that was a, and, and like seeing his response to that was, was interesting. I thought it was an interesting scene. Yeah. Every, every part of that scene was so carefully organized. And I thought that when she said that it was something that he couldn't control, like it's not his fault that he's gay Mm -hmm. that I you know that's true but I feel like that's 2018 talking and not like 1970 or 1985 or whatever this was you know like it felt like that was something to say that you would say today which is true but people in like 1985 maybe didn't feel that way you know maybe Mary wasn't so understanding about this even though she knew I just thought that was kind of like a a not so accurate way to I mean she was clearly upset and everything because like she loves him and she wanted to have a life with him like a traditional marriage or whatever but she realized yeah. it wasn't going to be that way. So, true. Yeah, that would have been that would have been interesting to see if if yeah if any of that was true and then then how he kind of dragged her along like giving her that house that's right next to his and yeah because mostly because he was lonely yeah yeah Yeah. and he had a whole house to himself and all his beautiful cats (laughs) yeah all of his cats yeah he loved his cats yeah he seemed he seems like a very interesting person and and i can definitely see how how people can be disappointed about like not really not really getting the full Freddy cause, cause I mean the movie definitely made me kind of more curious about him mm-hmm. and but yeah it's, and, and it's hard to be so famous and 
keep stuff to yourself. But I mean, I guess he was able to because a lot of people just don't know, don't know everything. Yeah. So. And I, uh, so, okay, I guess we could, did did you do the whole like second part or did you, when did you (laughs) stop? Right. We're supposed to be, (laughs) supposed to be doing this. We're at, we're at, um. We're at Mama Ooh. That's where we're at. I don't want to die. Or oh, I didn't mean to uh, make you cry. Yeah, didn't mean to make you cry. Okay. Uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um. Yeah, possibly having regrets for some actions. I don't know. Distancing himself from his, his family. family. Yeah, he says, "If I'm not," it, his lyrics go, "If I'm not back again this time tomorrow, carry on, carry on as if nothing really matters." So like forget about me or like I'm a I'm a lost cause maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little sad to say, but it's a sad song. It is. It is. Yeah. Um and then uh too late, my time has come. Send shivers down my spine, body's aching all the time. Goodbye everybody, I've got to go. Got to leave you all behind and face the truth. I mean, this sounds like this could be, this could be when he's got AIDS. Well, yeah, but he did not write the song when he had I know. AIDS. So <laughs> I know, I know. That's why the, the but this, it's, this song is. But it's there. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I read another article that uh, I think I showed it to you that this song is somebody interpreted every lyric as if uh, Freddie is is coming out as gay in a kind of secretive way with this song okay um and you know we could interpret it like that too i mean it's it's about somebody who feels like they're victimized because of the things that they do uh like the song is about somebody who kills somebody else and that has to get sentenced to die right so um but yeah i guess with this part um maybe he's just like let me go and be who i really who i'm really meant to be and who he's really yeah, meant fa- to be. and face the truth. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, you, you gotta let, you gotta let me go, and you just gotta, just gotta get over it. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Gonna leave it all behind. And then, we've got Mama Ooh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the wind blows. No, uh, I don't want. I don't want to die. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it says it in parentheses. Yeah. Um, I don't want to die. I sometimes wish I'd never been born at all. Which, I mean, sounds pretty, uh, sounds like a very regretful line. I mean, sometimes I wish I'd never been born at all. It's heavy. It's really heavy. Um, but maybe, but it's interesting. It says, it says, I don't want to die before it. Mm-hmm. So maybe, so maybe going back again to coming out, like, if you think about it, of, not a version, because I just, it sounds like, I, I, I just watched The Hate You Give today, and so it was talking about, like, the two versions of Star, so it was like, <laughs> so I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about two versions of people right now. Oh, like, yeah, I see, yeah. The, ver- the version you were, you were being before you come out, before you came out, like, that person has to die, basically. Oh, and yeah, then, yeah. Like, it's a it's a scary thought, and maybe with, and, and sometimes these things are too hard for people to go through, 
at this point, sometimes you you might just wish you weren't born at all so you wouldn't have to deal with this because who yeah. the fuck wants to deal with this? <laughs> well, especially during that, that part where all of the, uh, there was like a five minute sequence where all of the people were asking him questions about his sexuality and he was clearly like too overwhelmed and all the cameras were flashing and it was like a, a lot of close-ups and, you know, a lot of interesting cinematography. You know what I'm talking about? That part with, like... Yeah, v- very, like, uh, like, topsy-turvy, like, mm-hmm. like blurry, very, uh, very, uh, like, uh, uh, nauseating, like, very... Yeah. I-, I love that part. Yeah. I thought it was... I thought it was very well done, like, how kind of chaotic and crazy and how people, people were just prying into his life and not even asking about the band. Yeah, and they kept asking him about his sexuality, and I just, you know, they're like, well, we're going to talk about the music, we're going to talk about the band, because that's all he wanted to talk about, apparently, and because that's, he was with his bandmates, like, they were important to him, but it was, like, I think that, like, maybe because of that part, he was trying to say just like fuck off and it might be easier if I don't come out for me for my sake you know like I said he never like explicitly came out even though everybody knew and yeah he was like trying to hide that part of himself so maybe that's that's what is going on because it seemed like he was the most himself when he was on stage in front of a crowd performing and yeah. that's where he, you know, I, I think if anything, this movie showed me that there, the person, there was somebody who was born who literally reached his peak potential of who he could become, you know, as a, as a human being, he reached that by being on stage in front of millions of people. And that is exactly where he should have been, you know? Like, that's why it's so inspiring in in a sense. Yeah, because he definitely felt very calm and collected and confident when he was on stage just singing. I mean, and it definitely seemed like he was very uh, almost low self-esteem, not very confident, vulnerable, alone when he was when he was off the stage like because when when you're on stage you have a ton of people there listening to you you are the the show mm-hmm. you are the center of attention and then the second you leave that to nothing really paul if you can even call him anything oh my god but but yeah i could definitely see that it's just, it's just like, that's, that's what really got me emotional at the end of this movie, was thinking that this man reached his, his potential and as, like, a performer, as, a, as the person that he was. Like, given his extra teeth and his wider mouth and his, like, incredible flamboyance and proclivity for being a performer, that he became that and even more, you know? Like... That's crazy. Like, that he made it there and he he made that happen for himself, you know? Yeah. That he met geniuses 
to become like who he was like all the members of queen are like one of them was like a neurophysicist or something and like the other one was like a doctor or dentist and the other one was an electrical engineer it's like those are those are very smart men and that's why they made the music that they made because they were geniuses you know yeah and they yeah i i had to say other than the the uh, what is it the newsroom the media room scene i loved i loved the uh like the whole cabin uh, not cabin but like you know the house out in the middle of nowhere yeah where they recorded Bohemian writing. Rhapsody yeah recording Bohemian Rhapsody was just was just amazing yeah like, the, all <laughs> those scenes part. I'd like yes. I'm in love with my car and like them fighting about yes. it and like yes. recording Bohemian Rhapsody and and running out of tape and like like singing together and falling apart like that was when you saw that they were like most a band you know yeah, they were just just wheels were turning, you know, thoughts were running. They were just trying to trying to come up with something new and awesome, and it's just it was so great. And I loved I loved the scene at the very end when he was like trying to apologize to the band because because Paul was like was like not giving him any of his phone calls, and I just ah yeah. wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, but then when they all showed up late and they got to the meeting. And he like was trying to apologize, and he and, like I I just loved these actors. I loved these oh my guys God, that played. I loved them that played Queen. Like they're, <laughs> they were amazing. They were so good. I was gonna say that too. I loved all three of them so much. All of them. Like I they were so great. <laughs> I would just like to point out that the guy who played Brian May, William Lee. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me that see. That guy. I think I'm in love with him. He was fantastic. In that wig. Oh, my God. And they just were so chill. Like, you could tell that the, compared to Freddie, they were just like, yeah, man, like, you're the queen here. Like, we know this, but let us, like, have our own thing. But they all just, like, seem, like, pretty low temper. And just, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, just like super chill. They're just, they're just guys that wanted to wanted to write music, and they were so amazing. I love they them. They seem like the most chill people. Yeah, I like. I want to be friends with all of them <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, um, they're just amazing. I all of them. I loved all of them. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they were so, they were so cute. They were, they were so cute, and they're all just, they're, they're like I loved that they were like describing it like they're four misfits that belong together who talk to the other misfits and you know like that was true they're all just so different and so like such different people but somehow they all fit so perfectly together to make the music that they made you know yeah definitely (sighs) and i think that that's like the heart of what you know what people wanted to see with this movie and what queen wanted to see like they wanted to show the, this they wanted to show that what it was like to be in that band and because we all want to know so yeah it, it kind of is those are like things and, that we want to see yeah. so they showed us what we wanted to see you know yeah and and there will be there will be plenty of time to to make a movie 
that that shows just like the real Freddie Mercury and it'll be really sad and depressing and that's and that's what that's what people are going to get later like I no <laughs> doubt about it yeah <laughs> like it's going to happen someday that we got we got centuries and centuries of movies to make there, there's going to be another one so it but I was I was very happy with with what this came to be just all of it all of it okay so, so let's see where are we at in the song <laughs> i see a little this is the operatic section so yes yes the operatic section it, it's a it's a little bit all over the place because um the song is also all over the place i see yeah. a little silhouette of a man he's got a moosh got a moosh will you do the fandango thunderbolts and lightning very very frightening me okay so this is kind of a I think the whole entire operatic section I've always imagined it as the man who is on trial is trying to defend himself and the jurors and the judges are like uh, fighting against him with their like deeper bigger voices and he's just got this little high voice that you know is asking will you let me go and they're like no you know so it's like some somebody some higher power is telling you no and you you don't have any um you don't have any credence you have no way to fight back mhm mhm and like the fact that it's a that it's a silhouette of a man where maybe you cut, you have an idea of of what kind of man this person is, like based on because like by a mm. silhouette you can kind of you can kind of tell what someone looks like, but not really. So maybe if if it truly is a man who's on trial, like you were saying, like is it is he on trial because of something that he did do or something that he didn't do? Like what? You you just have a silhouette. You don't really know this person. It's it's a vague man who's who's on trial. Maybe. Well, it's like we see what we believe him to be, which is like a killer, and nothing else, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's how Freddy feels. That people see him in a way that is not true, and mm-hmm. that's why he loved Mary so much because he said that Mary saw him for like even deeper even more so than anybody else so yeah i also love the scene where he goes he goes to her work to 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 find her yeah at the at like the department store and and he's like looking at some pants that he thinks are that he thinks are nice and he's like yeah what do you have a size do you have like a size in this, and she's like, "Well, this this is women's clothes." And he's like, "Oh, well, I I didn't see a sign, and and, but like she she let him try them on anyway, and he looked fabulous in them, of course. So it was just amazing. I I love that part. He was so cute. Yeah, I oh. I do love Rami Malek. <laughs> he was so great. He he is really really oh. wonderful. Oh, another note about his clothing, I. Um, I was reading another article. I, I tried to read as many articles as I could just to get some kind of background on this. Uh, I read it sounds an- like it. <laughs> I read another article about the Live Aid concert and uh, Freddie going out on stage in his own clothes. And it was like the fact that he 
wore this leather studded belt with this leather studded armband and like everything was very tight and his haircut and his mustache and he was clearly very gay um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it it compared him to like people like Liberace or Elton John who were also gay but wore these extremely flamboyant things that like feathers and you know big glasses and and stuff like that on stage as their costumes um yeah as if that was like something that they could put on for a show and that this live aid concert was Freddie going out in his clothes in his person and just showing his true self to the world um and his clothes were a part of that too so it was like really bearing all and really presenting himself as this is who I am I'm a performer I'm a gay man and I'm not holding back you know yeah cuz his cuz his outfits on stage were were definitely a lot more like like you were describing um ones that Elton John wears mm-hmm. like he was wearing that very that that like what was it? Let's see. Oh, no, this was... Yes. Yes. I th- And I think... Did he ever wear... I, I saw a picture of Freddie Mercury wearing, like, a like a sequin one, but I don't think... A sequin, like a... Uh, le- not a leotard. Yeah, yeah. He, he wears that full... in the movie. And he also... He does. The, yeah. The yeah. sequin one. That's super, right. Super, super sequined. Right. And he wears a lot of, like, leotards. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of... Like, just bare chest. Very mm-hmm. bare chest. Mm-hmm. And very, like, tight and form-fitting. Very, uh, very sexy. Yeah. And that's how he dances, uh, too. Yes. Like, the, what was it? The first, what was it? They were performing, oh, they were they were performing for BBC for, like, the first time. Oh, yeah. And, and they kept, uh, they kept showing... <laughs> They kept uh, filming his crotch, and it was so funny. And yeah, because he was, the, like, wearing tights. In the bed. <laughs> yes, like, very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. It was good. It, like, reminds me of, it reminds me almost of, like, the the Beatles, where just everything that they thought the Beatles were was, like, too sexy for the masses, and it's just like, wow, look at how far we've come. Well, that's like, what the <laughs> Americans said, that, that, like, amazing I Want to Break Free music video that they film in the movie, where they're, like, all wearing drag. That, like, yes. they wouldn't let them on MTV in America because America's fucking awful. And they were like, oh. drag is too too much for the Americans' Puritan eyes to see. So we're not going to show that. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, because everything is too much for the American eye. Gosh, grow a, grow a backbone, America. Oh, uh, never. We're still awful. <laughs> <laughs> All of us, we as a whole, are still awful. (laughs) I felt bad because in that part where Paul kisses him for the first time when he's, like, playing that love song for Mary on the piano. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, gasped. I was like, oh, my God. And I, the people next to me, like, looked at me like I was being, I, I, I gasped because he came at him so fast. I was like, that's not cool. (laughs) You know, that's what I thought to myself. Not because it was a man kissing another man. It was because he literally just came out of nowhere and kissed him. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was abrupt. Like, they're 
like it seemed like there was no consent there because like Freddie was working like he wasn't yeah it, he he was not giving Paul the time of day even though Paul would constantly give him those like those bedroom eyes oh like, he was giving him the bedroom eyes and Freddie was not like it was not like Freddie was asking for that or all like in any sort of way you know yeah I was like Paul he does not like you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, that's why I gasped, but I just felt so bad that I gasped because I didn't want people to think that I was like homophobic or something. Because um, <laughs> oh, I man. guess because it was so abrupt, not, not because, you know, yeah. In case, so if you guys were in the theater with Alessandra. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> oh man. But no, it's just, see, again, like why, again, why I don't like going to see movies in public with other people is because you feel like you can't you can't even react to things because like people are there you don't want to be disruptive you don't want to be like you can't I feel like you can't even fully enjoy a movie when you're in there with all those people I don't know I went and saw I feel uh on my birthday this year I had the whole day to myself so I went and saw a very bad movie in theaters and I was the only one in at, in the theater. What, was, the, what, what movie? It was it was this movie directed by William H. Macy called Crystal. And it had, like, Rosario Dawson and Nick Robinson in it. And I just was like, you know what? It's my birthday. I'm going to go to the movies. And I was the only person in the movie. So I was, like, laughing, like, yelling at the screen. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I was you actually see, like, screaming oh. at the screen. I was like, what? Like. <laughs> the whole time because I was the only one in the whole movie oh man that's crazy yeah. <laughs> that's awesome that you were in there alone because yeah. you could actually <laughs> en- enjoy question mark whatever movie you were watching I definitely enjoyed it but only because it was a wacko movie and uh, it was my birthday so I was going hard oh yeah oh yeah going hard at the movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh, All right. that was a good birthday that sounds like a good birthday. Uh, but let's see. Next part of the song. Um, I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Spare him his life from this monstrosity. So mm. this could probably still be the trial part that you were talking about. Because, it definitely Because then is. below, you say the easy come, easy go, will you let me go? And then bismillah. Yeah, they, they shout that. We're not going to let you go. I, I think Bismillah is kind of like, it seems that in the way that they use it, it's kind of like blasphemy. We're never, that's ridiculous. We're not going to let you do that. Um, but it actually says Bismillah is the name, in the name of Allah, an exclamation, an invocation used by Muslims at the beginning of any undertaking. The oh, first words of okay. the Quran. So um, it's kind of like, it's just a, it, it, like, oh, God, no, or oh, God, kind of like, oh, Allah, in, in a way. Interesting. Okay. And we, and do we know anything about uh, Scottamouche or is that just, is that just not a word? Oh, uh, let me see. This is why having a computer is really good. Uh, Scaramouche. Yeah, really also known as Scaramouche, is a stock clown character of the Commedia dell'arte, 
The role combined characteristics of the Zani and the Capitano. Usually attired in black Spanish dress with burlesquing Adon, he was often beaten by Harlequin for his boasting and cowardice. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, so he's a character of... of uh, He's a clown character that is is beaten up, like he's he's like a a a coward of a character. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then so it's like dance for me, dance for me, you know, little puppet kind of thing. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I guess could almost be like the the overbearing uh, music production companies, kind of like. Oh yeah, telling them, telling them how they need to act and how they need to write their music and how they need to come off as the to the public. Yeah, definitely. Maybe. Like that. Yeah. And then let's see. They say we're, you know, he pleads for them to let him go, and he, they're like, "We're not going to let you go." And he's like, "Mom, mom, mamma mia, please let me go." And they they're like, no no no. So has has a devil put aside for me? Hmm. Let's see. Beelzebub. Translating Hebrew, Lord of the Flies, the name of Philistine god. The devil. Oh. It means the devil. The devil. A name. The devil for the has- devil. That's what the dictionary says. Okay. So, I guess Beelzebub is, like, another name for the devil, and in a sense, like, Beelzebub has another devil put aside for me, for me. So, I guess it's just, Which like, guess. yeah, becoming a bad person, I suppose. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe a devil can just kind of be, like, a bad omen, mm-hmm. or like a like a bad a bad outcome like the yeah. devil has has something bad f- put aside for me like waiting yeah. for me yeah exactly exactly interesting interesting okay it's a, and then, you know it's a very like ominous song especially since he gets aids later in life and it's it's a very like amazing song that he wrote not knowing that that was going to happen to him in his life that something so terrible was going to actually take his life, you know? Yeah. It's and then, just so ironic. Really, though, it, it is. I also love the part in the movie where he has that, where uh, Mary's commenting on his bed, and he has, like, the piano above yeah. his head, and he's, like, and he's playing the, the piece of the music that's going to be used for Bohemian Rhapsody. Right? Yeah. 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 That, that's what he played. Mm-hmm. I love that part. And that, that just came to me randomly for some reason. Because um, <laughs> things are just coming back in spots. Yeah. And then we get, then we get to the part of the song where you just, you just belt in your car. Oh, yeah. Volume up. I have uh, an excellent interpretive dance to this song, by the way. You do? Oh, yeah. Have I ever seen this? Yeah, it's it's well known from my friends in college. Um, and then when I was oh. at the Redondo Beach um, Performing Arts Center, you know that camp I used to go to? 
Yeah. Uh, they, we did this every time before a show. Okay, so kind of like how we would sing, um, uh, we're halfway there before our, like, it's, it's kind of like a... It's a warm-up. It's, yeah, a warm-up or, or a theater ritual. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, so we've got, we got this part, the rock part. So you think you can stone me and spit in my eye. So you think you can love me and leave me to die. Oh, baby, can't do this to me, baby. Just got to get out. Just got to get right out of here. This is the rebellious so, part. Rebellious. Um, coming, coming to terms with things. Not, not looking back. Making the decision. And doing it. I don't know. <laughs> going like the, the chariot tarot card. Just going full speed ahead now. Yes. Mm-hmm. I also kind of feel like, I mean, I, I know this happens way later, but just like, I don't know, this part makes me think of like him just leaving Paul. Like, you know, you think you could love me, you didn't love me. And then like, like basically, ah, it just, God, I hated Paul so much. <laughs> <laughs> just, he was geez. bad. He is a bad guy. And you could tell that he was acting very selfish the whole time. So, yes. Ugh. Ugh. Oh my gosh. But yeah, and then um, I also uh, think really maybe matters. he oh, could be saying like, "So you think you can love me and leave me to die?" Is kind of how he feels with Mary in a sense that she starts to pull away from him, and she does that like she loves him, and then she has to leave him, and he kind of takes it super personally, and and just when Mary says that she's pregnant, he says, "How could you?" It's like yeah, she's it's kind of like a first response. Yeah, like she's too. Like she should have been his, but he knows that she was never his, you know, to begin with. And, yeah, and it's because of who he is that he can't have her, you know, in a sense. So maybe that's just yeah. kind of the pain. Yeah, I kind of wished we had they had delved a little bit more into that because it was, it was very interesting to see just how tight Freddie was still clinging on to Mary. Yeah, and 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 kind of how she kind of had to, like, as nice as she could, like, let him down because he didn't even know that she was that she had a boyfriend or that she was, you know, seeing other people. Uh, like when she brought, who was it? Uh, it was like an after party after one of their concerts or something, and she brought her, brought her new boyfriend or uh, fiance or something. Yeah, and he and he had no idea. It was just out of nowhere. Yeah, and then like that made him yell at the other guy for asking if he would break apart Queen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, all oh, that part. That part was. That part was sad, and how and how Paul set him up. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> he is the villain of the movie. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And then lastly, lastly, nothing really matters. Anyone can see. 
Nothing really matters. Nothing really matters to me. Any way the wind blows. That's like a... Ending on a... Yes. It's like being okay with your fate. Yeah, your fate, your life, your choices. Yeah. Your... Anything, really. Your regrets. Anything that you could possibly be feeling. Just being... Being okay with it all. Yeah. And, uh... You know, he does... He does come to accepting his life in the end and i that's the movie like the movie's like well he's he's come to accept his fate and his diagnosis and he still wants to be happy so he finds the man who made him feel most comfortable um jim hudden that's right oh (laughs) jim um he was so cute and i actually read an article about jim and uh, and Freddie, and that they were uh, very close at the end of their their lives, like at the end of uh, Freddie's life. Uh, they were like an official couple, and apparently they actually wore wedding bands together, and they lived together oh. for a little bit. And yeah. uh, when Freddie died, uh, Jim died. I think like five years later, because uh, he also had AIDS. Uh, apparently Jim had gotten AIDS before Freddy, like before he met Freddy or before they were a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he had AIDS as well. So when Freddy died, then Jim actually got lung cancer and died, um, pretty young too. Oh my goodness. And, but he also had AIDS, so that probably made it worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. But they did, like, have a nice... I mean, it was like they lived as a couple, so they were, like, happy together. That's nice. I wish we had more of him, too, because I really liked their little scene together. Yeah. When he was working at his party, and, like, they met. And And then you just... And then you just get to see them together at the end, and they made me so happy. And I wish, wish we could have seen more of that instead of Paul. <sighs> um, I I just had kind of like a little epiphany. Yeah, I think that the song Bohemian Rhapsody follows roughly the seven stages of grief. Okay, so the first one is shock and denial. You deny reality at some it's some way is this real life is this just fantasy right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and then two is pain and guilt um okay i can see that yeah so that's like you're actually opening your eyes to see this and that I guess it's just, it's still, like, the pain is is clearly when he's asking his mama to forgive him or whatever in the song. Yeah. And then anger and bargaining. So that would be, like... The operatic part? Yeah, maybe, yeah. All that. Like, letting me go. Mm Mm-hmm. Then... That's also, like, the fighting against 
the, uh, the, like, can you let, like, I can do this, you can't do this to me. Yeah. Then there's depression, reflection, and loneliness. So that's probably, like, more the end of the song. Like, I don't, you know, anywhere, any way it goes, and then the upward turn, you, like, accept it. I can see that. Um, I can see that. Yeah, it's this upward turn. You start to adjust your, to your life. Then you reconstruct everything, and then you accept it. So that's the seven stages of grief. Hmm. Okay. I think it is kind of like that, because it is a ballad, so it's a story in its sense. Yeah. About something bad happening to somebody. So... Do we have any fun trivia on IMDb? Other than the stuff share? I gave you? Other uh, than all the trivia <laughs> Alessandra gave us. Which is Let's a lot. See. Well, I did know uh, that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be Freddie Mercury, but after some time he turned it down. Um, and then Rami Malek stepped in. And yeah, I, this this trivia doesn't sound anything like like what you brought up about Brian Singer. What does it say? Um, it says 20th Century Fox fired director Brian Singer on December fifth, two thousand seventeen, for reportedly being at odds with his star, Rami. Mm-hmm. Singer S- Brian Singer threw an object at the actor when Malek complained to the studio about the director's absence. Mm. I mean. Yeah. Through something? I mean, that's just an an overreaction. (laughs) Especially when, especially if what you said about, if what you read is true, that he was never there. I mean, if it took, if it took Rami this long to complain that the, that the director's never there. (laughs) I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was the original choice, and Stephen Frears was to direct it. Um, But it says, he left the project due to creative differences with the band's guitarist Brian May and drummer Roger Taylor, who have control over the music and film rights. The deal with Baron Cohen fell apart after May voiced upset after finding that the project would not only be a biopic of Mercury and not the rest of Queen. May felt that they should focus on the members and the aftermath of Mercury's death. They didn't like the original draft by writers and that was considered by Cohen to be historically accurate. And an outrageous portrayal of Mercury does not shy away from rough edges of the story, including his well-documented homosexual encounters and promiscuity. May was very negative about Baron Cohen, who he felt too much of a comedic actor to do Mercury dramatic justice. So like I said, hmm. the queen was the one who decided how this movie went. <laughs> That's true. And and it's and it sounds like a like a really accurate biopic will not get created until until all of Queen has has passed on. <laughs> oh, definitely, because they, they didn't want that. They they were like, that's not what we want. Like, we have control over all of the music, so if you want to make a movie with our music, you're going to make it how we want it to make, you know? How we want it to be, because <laughs> they're the ones. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if they still have the rights, do whatever the hell they want. Uh, here's something interesting just about uh, 
historically, um, Mary Austin is the only person who knows where Freddy's ashes are. Really? Yeah, it's one of those. A uh, hundred and thirty out of a hundred and thirty-five found this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they even have this? Oh, jeez. Oh, well, should so we uh, read the meta scores then? Ugh, I don't want to, but sure. All right, so it got a forty-nine meta score. Which okay, which I found interesting. If we're going, if we're which I'm kind of I'm kind of going with this might be like a cult a cult favorite because if you look <laughs> at Rocky Horror Picture Show's meta score, it's not much better. <laughs> it might it might actually be worse. Uh, Let me see. Hold yeah. on. Like, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's see. Well, Emily, um, I just didn't think that this movie was crazy enough to be so like it wasn't like Rocky Horror is so weird. Like this movie was not I know. so weird. <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm just trying to justify it cuz I did I, like it. I liked it too, but I think that the way that it's filmed which is extremely like it's it's filmmaking in its most like highest cost you know, really elaborate, like, like camera movements and stuff. You know, CGI up the wall. Yeah, and like I get it and everything. It's just like watching a movie like that can be a little bit much sometimes. Yeah, but I still liked it. Okay, let's see. Let's look at these scores which i will have you know <laughs> this this is completely off topic but we were watching uh true grit with jeff bridges That's a at, great at work the other day <laughs> um, because yeah because we were okay definitely gonna go off on a tangent right now we were attempting at work to to uh celebrate november with uh tom hanks giving which <laughs> we only Yes, That's all amazing. all naming all naming rights and credits. What does true have anything to do with that? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's because it's because it's because someone gave up and we couldn't and he did. They didn't think we had enough Tom Hanks movies to watch, and so we stopped. But we we were like a solid two weeks in. We were two weeks in. What? It's but only anyway. like November tenth. You're not even two weeks in. We were. However much of November there's been, we we got we still had movies to watch. We weren't done. Man, that's awesome. It's because it's because I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, all of that that name. Uh, my my coworker came up with that, so all credits to him for that. But yeah, so we were watching True Grit instead because we apparently ran out of Tom Hanks movies to watch, even though we still had like a solid. We had maybe another three to four days of movies to watch. Was Apollo we, thirteen we were def- in we, that? Yes, it was. Okay. We we hadn't watched it yet, but it was there Toy as Story. an option. You could have watched all four, uh, three Toy Stories. And, and we were going to, but then, but then we gave up. And uh We didn't have that one. We, we were fairly Gump limited in... in and we, we did watch Forrest Gump. Castaway. We did watch Castaway. Okay, okay. <laughs> we, we, we watched a good amount, and then we gave up. But we were definitely going to run out, so there was no way it was actually going to happen. But it was it was a good thought. 
but we were watching True Grit, and then I was reading the Metascores for True Grit, and and this one this one reviewer that gave it a really low score was was only because he was a, a Coen Brothers hater. Like that oh, was that that was it. No, yeah. like he. I honestly don't know what was up. I, I wanted to read the guy's full review because because the little snippet that they gave you on the IMDb Metascore page seemed like he didn't like True Grit at all. He just he just didn't like either of them, the old one, the original, or the new one. And then he didn't like the Coen Brothers. So I was like, what? Who put you on this review to write? Who? Yeah, you, you had no biased. right to do this. <laughs> you had no right to write this. Like, who are you, and what were you even doing? But anyway. Back to this. <laughs> I had to bring that up. Um, well, you go ahead and read a bad one, because I'm going to read a good one. Okay. Uh, I uh, Okay, this one I from Time Out says, it's a 60. A lively, uncomplicated jukebox movie. Bohemian Rhapsody is a feature-length earworm that leaves Don't Stop Me Now, We Are the Champions, Another One Bites the Dust, and the rest of them ringing in your cocky- cochlea and helping to drown out any inner whisper suggesting that you just had the wool pull of your eyes by these matter- masters of rock theatrics. Excuse me. <laughs> wow. I know, that okay. is that is really harsh, and I think that's even worse than a 60, so I, I don't... <laughs> oh, man. Like, you, th- you think what they wrote, like, is worth less than a 60? Yes. Yes. Damn. That's... Damn. Uh, the Guardian says Bohemian Rhapsody honors Mercury, the showman, but never gets to Mercury, the person. Yeah, which is which is exactly what the what the audiences were going to get anyway. So they really had no no choice in the matter. Let's see. Screen International gave it an eighty. Um, Appropriately for a group known for its theatrical, crowd-pleasing tunes, this authorized-by-the-band biopic carries itself lightly, serving up familiar plot points with panache and a sense of humor, while at the same time investing in the story's emotional through-line, building to a genuinely moving climax. I think that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. This authorized by the band biopic. <laughs> the the rap says, as an inducement to dig so the Queen funny. back catalog, Bohemian Rhapsody is an unqualified success. But when it co- tries to be a genuine biopic of a groundbreaking band and its singular lead singer, it's more than just a silhouette. It's more like a silhouette of a man. <laughs> wow! Wow! I know. Oh my Emily, gosh, Alonzo! Your little silhouette of a man situation was very correct because that's exactly what this guy said the movie was wow. like. Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy! I know. He was. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and, and I and I had looked at these meta scores before, before, uh, like right after watching it because I was just curious. But you know me, I only look at the worst ones. I never look at the good ones because you never find out what's what's wrong with a place or or what's wrong with a movie unless you read all the bad ones. Well, I mean, you, only you can figure with... it out for yourself. Uh, but <laughs> so, some sometimes sometimes I just need I need the meta score. Well, I mean, I don't think these other reviewers read other people's work. They probably just think of it on their own. I mean, going going out of it, I 
that's why I was so surprised that it got so low because I liked it so much. Like, I came out liking it. Well, I um, liked it too, but I'm not saying it deserved like an 80. That's pretty high. No, <laughs> no I was thinking like at least a, like at least a, I pull pretty much this like uh, like a 50 or a 60. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's it's at forty nine, yeah, so you know it could have been a fifty end. at least. Um, you know, so all right, that's all I got for this movie. Uh, I, I guess that's all I got too. I still love Queen. Queen's fantastic. Oh yeah, I oh yeah. I still love Rami. Oh yeah, I I love Rami. I love the actors. Uh, I love Queen music. I really do. Queen is fantastic. So there's really no. No more than that. It's just true. Oh, man. Ray Foster. That, I didn't even recognize Mike Myers. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. I did. I did. Wow. Because I saw his name in the credits at, at the beginning of the movie, and I was like, who's that? And then I realized when they were talking to Ray, and I was like, that's Mike Myers. I saw his name, too, and I just and I just never cared after that. I was like, oh, I saw your name, Mike, but I, I never looked for you. Never looked for you. And what was it? Oh, someone else, like, did a cameo or something in this movie? Well, who was it? I was reading... Or no, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about it. Some guy named Adam? Huh? Who, like, did a... Uh, oh. Dang it. I might have to try and look this up. But there was someone who did, like, a cameo or something. Who I Either someone who... New, I'm I'm not sure who this person was, but the uh, K Earth 101 was saying that some guy did a cameo, and I, I'm not sure who this guy was, but he was he was the trucker who got out of his car, his truck, and like was making bedroom eyes with uh, Freddie heading into the bathroom. <laughs> that was um, that was a bit much. <laughs> 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 I thought it was just enough. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I it was know. funny. And then while he was on the phone with Mary, I thought it was funny. I thought that was a little bit too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really gross. So I know, like, who who wants to do anything in like a trucker stop bathroom? Like. I do, I, uh, Adam, Adam Lambert. It was Adam Lambert. Emily, was I it, found him. I found him. Oh, oh. The, the singer. The singer. Yes, right? that that Adam Lambert. Yes, that that Adam yeah. Lambert. Yeah, that's so funny. It didn't even look like him because he was wearing, you know, his like, um, he, you know, all his... of his. He had like a beard and a hat and. Everything wasn't wearing any makeup where's, like he usually is. So, where's his little name on the on the thing? It's uncredited. Uh but I found him. My God, I got it, Emily. You did? I, I, you got I, it? I got it. I. Oh oh oh! I found it. I found it. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now we we solved that mystery. <laughs> Oh um, man! Thank goodness! Thank yeah, goodness! Yeah, great. There you go. Well, if you love Queen or liked Bohemian Rhapsody, let us know in the comments. Uh, you can leave a comment on SoundCloud. 
You can also follow us and review us on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Please, we'd love to know what you guys think of the podcast. Yeah, and you know, if you guys review us on Apple Podcasts, that'll make other people be able to find us. And we would just absolutely love if you could help us out uh, with other people maybe looking for some cool uh, podcast reviews or, I mean, film reviews by us. And it would be great. Reviews? Would you really say that we do reviews? Or we just do discussions. Well, we kind of do a review. I, uh, discussions. <laughs> Dis- discussion with uh, with opinions. Discussions opinion. with opinions. Yes, yes, yes. Discussions with opinions. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. You can also follow us on our various social media. You can find us on Facebook. Just search All By The Popcorn and like our page. On Twitter, our handle is at By The Popcorn. And on Instagram, we are at All By The Popcorn Podcast. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, yes. If you have suggestions for any future episodes, like any movies you want us to watch, shows that you want us to talk about, you can email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com or allbythepopcorn at gmail.com. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.